everything's been based in that I know that whoever walks with the Lord has a tremendous favor over their lives. We didn't choose God. He chose us, right? But not everybody understands it. And Jesus grew in favor and Jesus grew in stature. My whole life has just been about growing in favor. Stories stir the soul. Stories reveal. And stories heal. In this podcast, we will give you an inside look at someone who's had a life-changing breakthrough. Real people, real stories with real breakthroughs. As a health and wellness expert and coach and Todd as a men's mentor, we've seen firsthand what God can do when it comes to a breakthrough. So lean in, listen well. This could be your biggest breakthrough. Do you want favor in your life? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. First of all, we have to really understand what favor is. And our guest is going to share about what favor is and how to get it. We learn so much as you will, like, for example, how letting go actually allows you to find yourself and your real purpose in life and how in the process of suffering and going through trials is the Lord. I never thought of that. No, but wait till you hear how Edward John puts this together. Yeah. And he's got an incredible story of how he was obedient and what that looked like. And you just got to listen because it's great. Sometimes we don't expect the outcome is going to be good when you're standing there fully embarrassed about something you think God wants you to do, but you're (laughs) going to, you're going to enjoy that. And then one other thing too, and this one really struck me. And that is just how, if you want to really train yourself, how to get better, you're going to end up having to go back to the basics. Yeah, sometimes. Actually, that can be a really fruitful, fun process. So Absolutely. stay tuned for this. You're going to learn. Yeah. So today we're so excited. We're very blessed to have on your biggest breakthrough, Edward John Hughes. And he currently resides in Oslo, Norway. And he graduated actually at Oral Roberts University in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Now he was a professional athlete until the age of 23, but during a soccer match, which you're going to hear all about this story back in 1999, he had an encounter with the Lord that led him into full-time ministry. So for more than like 20 years, Edward John has traveled around the globe. He's singing and speaking and preaching and encouraging audiences with God's truth. So I am so excited. I know you are too. So we are blessed to have him on the show. Welcome to your biggest breakthrough, Edward John. We are so happy to have you. Yeah, we are, man. You are coming from all the way from Norway, Norway. Can you believe that? Yeah, like our first international gift guest. You who? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you're no, but you're no stranger to the U.S. That's for sure. You've uh, actually did you live here for a while too? I did for many years. Actually, I love the U.S. I miss it. I miss it. I'm coming over to get you guys soon, and just go. Come on, guys, get over to Europe. <laughs> yeah, and your sister lives in Texas. Now, did you yeah. live in Texas? Where did you live in the U.S.? I lived in in Texas for quite a few years in McKinney. Okay. And, but I started out in Oklahoma, in Tulsa. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, my journey started there. That's where I got saved in 1993. Yeah. Wow. Really? Okay, we want to unpack that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've got yeah, to go there. And yeah. did you spend some time in Nashville too? Because weren't you looking to cut record deals and all that? Yeah, I, I never lived in Nashville, but uh, I did a lot of work there and I'd still do a lot of work there in and out with the guys. So it's, yeah, like I say, America's the second home for me, if not the first. Yeah, right, <laughs> I love right. it. Yeah. What is, what's the flight time to get here? I don't even know. Oh, let me think. How many hours? Dallas, Dallas, London, 10 hours. And uh-huh. then another 
two hours from London, two and a half hours from London to Norway. So it's 12 and a half hours. Okay. Not, not too bad. bad. No, not, not too bad. Too bad. I no. just have to, I have to make this comment because what? Wendy and I live in Minneapolis, St. Paul in Minnesota. So this is a very Scandinavian area. Very. Much. And I want to tell you, so for some reason, Edward John, some of the Norwegians here have a much thicker accent than yours. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, I'm not going to try to imitate it, but you are obviously well-traveled. You have traveled the world. You have a phenomenal ministry. And we want to go back to the beginning of that because you had quite a change in direction after that encounter that you had with God during a soccer match. We're going to find yeah. out the details on that in just a little bit. But take us back to the beginning of your journey as a child and your upbringing. Tell us what happened. My dad was from Scotland, from Edinburgh. So I'm a little Braveheart and my mom is Norwegian. So I'm a little, little Viking. And when you put a Viking and a Braveheart together, it gets pretty explosive, right? Watch out, watch Goodness. out. We're talking mega warrior. That's awesome. Yeah, I know. I'm a warrior. I want to be a warrior. As a matter of fact, I asked the Lord, I said, why did you call me Edward John? And I studied my name because the Bible says I called you by name. And I found out that my name means wealthy guardian and faithful servant, right? So it fits what I am inside and what I want to be. I want to be a faithful servant. As a matter of fact, you ask a difficult question because you ask me where I'm coming from and all this background stuff. But my dad was a Catholic. My mom was a born again Christian and I was a soccer player. That's basically <laughs> where I was at with my faith. No time for religion. Yeah. No, it, I just wasn't there. But my sister, Corinne, whom you know, Wendy, yes. she got saved first in the family, like born again of us, us kids. And she would pray for me every single day. And I remember one time I was out in the backyard playing football and training. And my sister Corinne had her radio on with Christian mu music playing. And I got so mad listening to that music. It just aggravated me so much that I would run up the stairs and kick the radio off the shelf. I just couldn't stand it. But little did I know, right, that would be my calling in life to do music. But the enemy knew I didn't know and I had no idea. But anyways, so I grew up in Norway with my Scottish dad. So we spoke half English, half Norwegian at home. And I was very Norwegian. I was a ski jumper since from I was six, seven years old, top ranked in my age groups up till I was 16. So I was on the junior national teams, did a lot of junior national competitions and won most of it. I was pretty good at that time. Athlete though. at heart. I, yes. I definitely athlete. an athlete. So were either and of your parents, were either of your parents athletic? Where well, my dad was a professional golfer in his ah. younger days. So that kind of, and my uncles and family were very athletic, very strong in the athletic fields. But so I went into the ski jumping arenas and, and then played soccer during the summer. So the one led me to the other. The ski jumping took me to America. I was going to New York to Lake Placid up in that area mm -hmm. to do some ski jumping. And on the way, I stopped by Tulsa, Oklahoma to see my sister, Corinne, who's now attending Oral Roberts University. Little did I know, I ended up staying there as a soccer player and started studying television and film at Oral Roberts and was 16 years old at the time, very young. So I was drafted up as a young soccer player. Wow. And uh, did my four years of studies there. But what happened to this? So what happened to the ski jumping? You couldn't ski jump in Tulsa. No, I did. I didn't. I left it there. That was the end of the ski jumping career. And it was really a strange shift because 
in my heart, I was always a ski jumper and soccer player secondary, right? But for some reason, it was like a switch happened there. And I was like, no, if I'm going to stay somewhere, I'm going to be in this area right here. And so I ended up playing there for the state team in Oklahoma as a 16-year-old, got drafted from there to Oral Roberts University, from the university into the Tulsa Roughnecks semi-professional professional league after that. But, but I was actually, I told my mom today, we were talking about some old days today, and I, I ran into, they have the World Cups going on right now. Oh, yes, and, and, we've and been the, watching. Yeah, so I ran into the FIFA president not long ago. He used to be a Norwegian. He was the former president of FIFA, the world football, international football stuff. And, and he said, Edward John, I know you because I used to watch you play from you were six years old till you were 16. Wow. And he said, you were probably one of the greatest talents we had in this country. And when wow. we were going to draft you for the national team, Back in the days, he said, we couldn't find you. Where were you? And that's when I had gone to America and got saved, of course. Wow. <laughs> wow. Like God bound me. <laughs> yeah, yeah God took me. And so my, my whole life changed at Oral Roberts University. I experienced the Lord there a lot. It was a huge foundation for me. I'm just curious, Edward John, I'm just curious because you were mad at your sister for playing that Christian music. <laughs> you, you want to get that out of your life. And here you are in the context of a Christian university. So was God just wooing you along? Were you feeling at all resistant or were you starting to open up? And how and why did that happen? Do you know what? I always believed, it was str- it's the strangest thing, right? But I always believed that God was with me. I can't remember a time that I don't I didn't feel like he was with me, though I didn't surrender to him. But but when I came to Oral Roberts and I met all these beautiful Christian young people, right? And my roommate was a a rough guy from a mafia family in Mexico. His dad was one of the mafia leaders. He had just gotten saved. It it made an impression on me, right? This tough guy, Roger, his name's Roger Samudio. He's a filmmaker today, making big films of Vin Diesel, Danny DeVito, Kim Basinger, big films. And he and I just became like brothers. And he would pray for me. Listen, he would lay on my feet at night. I didn't know this, but I'd wake up with a guy just kind of laying outside of my bed, praying in the spirit for me. And it just, something just happened. I I got to go back though, because I think this is really fascinating that from little on, you always had this belief that God was with you. And I just want to talk to friends and family right now, and maybe parents who are, you're just so worried because you don't feel like your son or daughter really knows Jesus. And it's probably because they don't really know who he is. And Edward John is going to tell you exactly what happened in his experience. But I think it's so important to acknowledge that if your child does believe that God is with it, reinforce that over and over again, even though it might not be playing out the way exactly like you'd like it to. But Edward John, the fact that you had that belief that God put in you, regardless of how you responded to it, you always knew God is always with me. I think that is so encouraging. I just always had this feeling. And obviously my mom and my dad were, my mom was very strong in her faith. My dad was also strong in his faith, but he was 
based in a different story. So him and I would have arguments where he said he's going to pray. And I said, well, you go to Mary and I'll hurry up to Jesus and we'll see who gets there first. I love the fact that you called your dad's faith a different category. I love that. Todd yeah. was brought up in that oh, yeah. category. Yeah, there you go. I thought it was going to be a Catholic priest. So that's a whole different category right there. There you go. My dad was too. He was going that direction as a young boy, like you said, until I knew what girls were. That's, that was it. <laughs> Hello, there we go. That's exactly it. No, but when you were at Oral Roberts, and let's get on the soccer field because that's where it just all transpired. That's where it yeah. clicked. Uh, take us there on the field, what you heard, what the experience was. Let us feel that moment with you. It was 1993 and I was playing left wing for the Tulsa Roughnecks at the time. I was just, in, in life, I was just enjoying the moment. There was, I really had no huge plans. I loved my game. I loved to play soccer. I loved to be free. I was a surfer at heart, like just free. Yeah, I look like a surfer. If I, I, can say so. <laughs> I think I still am a hang little Hang loose, bit, man, you know? hang loose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hang loose. So I just loved life. I've always loved life and I've always been pretty easygoing in many ways. But that moment we were playing against Dallas sidekicks at the time. Today they're called Dallas. Eloy, Eloy Salgado. Does that name ring a bell? It does. I've heard the name. He, yeah. he played for the sidekicks. Anyway, he's a friend of a friend. Anyway, long, long there story. you go. go. So we were playing that team and I was on the left wing. Someone threw me a long pass and my gift was I was very fast on the team. And so they threw me this long pass and I'm running after the ball. And all of a sudden, I just heard with my whole being, not with my ears, with every fiber in me, I heard this deep, still, powerful, loving voice that was as known to me as though it was my mom or my dad. When you're outside and you're playing and your mom says, dinner's ready through the window and said, come in, you just yeah. know the voice. That's how I knew the voice. It just, I knew it was God. And he said to me, Edward John, I'm running full force, but everything's happening slowly, very slowly. And he said, Edward John, are you going to run after that ball the rest of your life? Or will you run after me? You run after that ball. And I stopped, literally stopped. Everybody's yelling around me, the ball. <laughs> but I stopped and I was looking around because I just had this moment, just not just an ordinary moment, a very powerful moment. Long story short, I finished the game. I knew God had spoken to me. I went home that evening. We came home and I went to our local soccer field to be alone about midnight with the Lord. And I said, Lord, you spoke to me today during the game. Can I hear you again? And would you tell me what to do? Because I was at loss to what, what do I do? I know he's there, but what do I do? And I'm laying out there on the soccer field at Oral Roberts University. It was about midnight. It was dark at least. So it must've been late during the summer. And it was just me and it was very still. And I said, Lord, would you speak to me? And nothing happened, right? So I'm there for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour. I think it passed a well over an hour. Nothing happened. And then I think, all right, I'm just going to stand up and leave. But in the moment I stood up to leave, I felt my heart like cracking, like a breaking of my heart. And I just began to weep like a child. Mm. And I wept and I wept. And I don't know how long I was out there, but I was there for a long time just weeping. 
And I couldn't understand why, but when I crossed the sideline to walk home that night, I knew that the old Edward John was left on the field and the new one crossed the line. I was a new person. And I I don't know how to explain it, but it happened. And I went to my dorm room or where the place where I lived at the time, a little athletic dorm area. I opened my Bible and it landed at Proverbs chapter three, where it says, my son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commandments in your heart for they'll prolong your life many years and bring you prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart and you'll win favor. And when I read that word favor, it jumped up at me like really big. And I just knew right there and then that walking with the Lord meant that I had favor with God and it never left me. That was the beginning and that was the end of my calling. But everything's been based in that I know that whoever walks with the Lord has a tremendous favor over their lives because we didn't choose God. He chose us, but not everybody understands it. And Jesus grew in favor and Jesus grew in stature. And I think my whole life has just been about growing in favor. It truly has been. It's been a growth of favor. I love this, Edward John. And you painted the picture so perfectly. And what I love is that childlike faith that you had and you still have, but you had just great expectation. All right, God, I'm going to lay here and I'm expecting to hear your voice. And I think sometimes we don't even go into that relationship with the Lord with that great expectation. And I love that, that you demonstrate that by, by literally laying yourself out on the field and saying, here I am, Lord, where are you? I'm here. And so what would you say to the person that is maybe a little afraid? They're afraid to go on that field in the dark by themselves and to be sprawled out vulnerable. What would you say to that person that's, that's looking for that next intimate step and they want to know the Lord, how to go about doing that? I'll tell you, um, there's nothing to be afraid of. If I would have known 10 years earlier, that it would be so wonderful to walk with the Lord. I would have done that. I would have sought him a long time before I did. <laughs> because I, I think every day we're walking without him, we're wasting our time, right? Because it's in him we live and move and have our being. It's in the Lord that everything is fulfilled, that we desire all our dreams, all our visions, all that we're created to be in fellowship with the father because he's the one who has the manual he knows who you are he knows what makes you tick he knows what you enjoy see most people don't understand that that the lord has created you the way you are because he wants to use you for a very special purpose 100% the way you are and i always say when i'm preaching you're not supposed to be me and i'm not supposed to be you you're supposed to be you 100% And only you have the gifting you have. And only you have been given the feelings and the desires and the dreams that you have. But the only way to see them come to fruition is by walking in close relationship with the Father. And if I would have known earlier, I wouldn't have wasted my first 23 years of not walking with him. I would have made sure I walked with him because... It's been a journey of adventure. Uh, I say this is the closest you can get to walking as a James Bond on the earth. There's no, there there truly isn't any more exciting life than 
being led by the Holy Spirit. Oh, and, uh, and if I could convey that, I would. But don't be afraid because it's wonderful. It can't, mm. life can't be better than walking with the Lord. I think you've got the attention of a lot of people right now because everybody wants the favor of the Lord. And when God revealed that to you, was it Proverbs 3, I think you'd mentioned? Yeah, 3, uh, 1 through 6. That, yeah. If you walk with the Lord, you'll have favor. I'm wondering, Edward John, if people maybe misunderstand what favor means. Maybe a lot of people think that means everything is going to go really great all the time. And yet, I want you to talk a little bit about your journey because you battled fears and depression and problems. So people shouldn't get the impression that then life will always be rosy, right? Favor can be interpreted a little bit differently. Yeah. Talk about that. Let's base it in scripture first then, because that's where we learn, right? King David, it says he was led into a stronghold and the stronghold lasted for 13 years stronghold when you study it means depression and so during that time of depression when Saul tried to kill him when armies were coming against him when he was anointed king but yet had nothing that's when the Lord trained him to become who he was supposed to become and because of that time of depression that time of hardship David became the king became eventually because God had trained him through the hardships And the book of James says, rejoice whenever you face trials of many kinds for the testing of your faith produces perseverance, perseverance produces character, character, hope, and hope won't fail you. And and also suffering, and this is important to understand before I talk, but to suffer is also a part of our service to the Lord. The Bible makes that clear, that suffering is a part of our service. Now, you won't hear many preachers talk about this because everybody wants everything to be good. But anyone who's been in the athletic field, Wendy, like you're training people, understand that you don't build muscle without resistance. You You don't become a better athlete without pushing yourself to the limits. And that's what God does through the trials. He pushes us to the limit so that we always have to learn to hold on to him. But eventually you get to the point where you let go and he carries you. And that's really what the suffering is really all about. You get to a point where you no longer want to fight anything. And you say, Lord, not my will be done, but your will be done. And you let go of your dreams. You let go of your own desires. You let go of your passions. You let go of everything. And when we let go of everything, that's the very moment you've lost your life. And in the moment you lose your life is when you'll find it. It's really a peculiar thing, but it's a beautiful thing if we understand it, because it's in total surrender to the word of God, Jesus Christ, that we will live our lives fully. And yes, there'll be trials because we're not letting go. We're not letting go. But if we let go, and I'm talking about just normal trials, like financial, like depression over things not happening in your life like you want them to, like not reaching your goals or your innermost dreams, and we compare with others, all these things. The Lord is not concerned about it because he will make it happen in his time, and he will do what he said he would do. But you and I must learn to become servants. And because the greatest in the kingdom is not the one doing or fronting, but it's the one behind who's the servant lifting and cleaning the feet of the people and helping the people. 
that's the greatest in the servant. So if you look back then at King David, you'll see that King David was 13 years in the stronghold. And all the men that came to him were what? They were beat up. They were weak. They were depressed. And what was David doing? He was encouraging them. He was strengthening them. He was serving them. And that's where he learned how to become a king. So the more we let go, the more God will do his work within us. And it's a big secret, but I wish that preachers would talk about it more because it's the way to, I believe, to living the call of God on our lives. And the call of God, guys, is not something you're doing. It's not your radio show, Wendy, or it's not your TV show. What it is to pick up your cross every day and follow Christ. Mm. That is our calling as Christians. Every day, listen to the voice of the Father and do today what he says. I hear your voice today and I don't harden my heart. This is the day that the Lord has made today. I pick up my cross every day and do what he says. So in doing that every day, he will fulfill the very dreams and the desires. And because in your surrender... And that was a, a, a suffering moment because you were surrendering those dreams and the desires that you had, that Edward John had on your life, but God had bigger. He had the greater, bigger favor. And he's saying, trust me, Edward John. And so that's what you're getting at, that God's got the bigger. And you, you've traveled for many years preaching and sharing the gospel, but also, of course, you are, you sing beautifully, you write and you record and you sing beautiful worship music. And after you're kicking in Corinne's maybe boombox or whatever at that era, <laughs> after you were kicking that in, and then now next thing you know, you're on a boombox or sharing the gospel and these amazing songs. How'd that even get started? Because you went from the ski slopes to the soccer field to the stage. Well, it's a great, great question, Wendy. And the thing is, God knows what he wants to do. It's like it's almost comical we struggle sometimes, so right? hard sometimes. But yeah, God knows what he wants to do with you. So the day after uh, this experience happened on the soccer field. I go to pump gas at Quick Trip in Tulsa on my car. And there's a guy from school. He's a tennis player and he's a Sikh from India. And I knew him because he was a tennis player and I was in the sports arena. He says, Hey, Eddie, how's the soccer playing going? And I said, Well, I said, I'm not playing anymore. He says, What? You're not playing anymore? I said, no. I said, um, it just came out of my mouth. I said, I'm a singer. <laughs> you know? And I'm thinking, what am I saying? I'm wow. a singer. I was amazing. surprised at that. And he said, really? He said, what kind of music? And I said, it's Christian music. And I was catching myself saying things that I hadn't even really had the, mo or the momentum to say to anyone. It was just coming out of me. And he said, that's strange. He said, because I just had a business meeting with a pastor, his name is Pastor Bussett. And he said, Jay, do you know anyone who could sing at my church on Sunday? And oh he said, word. maybe you could do it then, Eddie. <laughs> and I said, sure. And I'd never wow. sang for anyone in my life, right? I never. Know this. And guys, I kid you not, Jay came with me that Sunday. He was a Sikh. He received the Lord that Sunday. Praise I God. walked up and the Lord changed my life that Sunday. But literally, I came to this church, and I was so nervous sure. because I'd never sang for people. And I'm like, what am I, I mean, doing you here? You used to at a gas station. I That's mean, what you, you do. I'm a singer. Did you think you could sing okay? 
No, no, are you kidding me? I was so scared. I had practice, so my fingers were bleeding, and I had th I knew three chords on the guitar, right? So I get up on stage, and he's doing this great introduction, this Pastor Bussett. He says, this guy's coming from Norway. He's going to bless us. And I'm like getting more and more nervous. Sweat's running down my face. And uh, anyways, I go up on the stage and I freeze. I froze and I start crying. I'm like, I don't know what to do. And I'm standing there and I just say something. I said, this song is called this and that. I make up a name and I began to sing. And a, a verse came, a chorus came, a verse came, a chorus came. Oh, thank the you, song Lord. was complete. Oh, my goodness. And I lose it again. And I just start weeping again because I just didn't know what to do. I was so nervous. And then I make up a name of a song again. Another song comes out. Perfect. And then I leave after three songs like that. And I looked at Jay and I said, Jay, I'm never, ever coming back to church again. This was so embarrassing. And that was 11 o'clock in the morning, six o'clock at night. I get a phone call from Pastor Bussett and my dad took the phone and he says, Eddie, it's for you. It's Pastor Bussett. And I said, tell him I'm not at home. Yeah. I, don't, I don't want to talk to him. <laughs> he says, you should talk to him. So I grabbed the phone and he said, you don't know what you've done to my church. And I said, Pastor Bussett, I'm so sorry. I should never have come. <laughs> and he said, no, he said, you don't understand. You, you don't know what you've done to my church. And I said, I really, I'm, I apologize. I should never have come. I said that three times. And he says, no, young man, you don't understand. The power of the Holy Spirit felt so strong in my church. I can't get the people out. They're still at the altar weeping under the presence of the Lord. And that's the day I realized that it's not what you know. It's who you know. And I learned that my first day as a minister. First day. We, so we're, so we're sitting here. So I mean, I'm like, like jaws a, are dropped. Aren't that's <laughs> a very entertaining story, but it also brings a big lesson. It's speaking loudly to me right now because you felt this is what you were supposed to do. You didn't even know why you just felt this inclination. Well, I'm going to sing. But what we love about it is that you actually followed through. You were afraid yeah. you could have copped out of it. How many times in life, Edward John, do we face situations where God, we might feel that nudge, but we can't respond or we won't respond because we're just too afraid. Pride we, ego. What, what if, <laughs> yeah, what if I embarrass myself? But yeah. somehow God gave you the grace, I think because you stepped out and you obeyed. Can you talk to people about that? Because so many times we hold back and we don't know what we're missing because we don't step out and obey. I'm always afraid. And that's the thing we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be. People don't realize this, but we're supposed to be a little bit afraid because, number one, we are representatives of not just a normal king. In Norway, we have the king, and we love our king, and we love the royal family, but we are representatives of the king of kings, and we need to be afraid that we don't do the right things. We need to be, we need to be afraid that we're not saying the right things yeah, that we're not yeah. honoring him enough. And I, I don't know, I always, I never get over it. I even told my mom, that said, I don't know why they gave me, the Lord gave me a job where I'm always nervous, <laughs> but it makes me. <laughs> so you me can dependent. minister to all of us. That's yeah. why. Yeah. Ser ser seriously, brother, because right now you're speaking so clearly to so many, we always hear like ways in which we're supposed to overcome our fear and to be fearless and love what you're saying. No, it's okay. Be afraid and then yeah. go do it. I think there's so much power in that. Yeah. And, yeah. What do you th go ahead. and do you think, what do you think Christians are mainly struggling with today? Do you think it is that? Do you think it's fear? 
No, I think it's lack of relationship. Yeah. I think we are very good at, I think we're very good at doing, but we're very terrible at being in the Lord. And the Lord is not interested in our doing. He's interested in our being. Have you ever seen a tree? I always say this. It says you will be like a tree planted by streams of water, but you never see a tree running around saying, pick of me, take my fruit, come with me. The tree is just still and it bears fruit and people come to that tree or the fruit is rather on the tree and people come and eat the fruits of the tree. And I really think from what I've experienced is that, and even with great ministry, because we've done great ministry, all of us now, many of us have done great ministry, but even there, it's a lot of great doing, but very little being. Mm. And Jesus at the end of the day, he says, I don't know you. He says, I don't know you because Yes, you did all these things in my name. You cast out demons. You had great meetings. And I did all these things, healings and everything. But he said, I don't know you. And at the end of the day, it really all that matters. And that's what I've discovered more and more, the more I get just in my walk with the Lord. But all that really matters is, do I know him? Do I really know him? Do I know him as my Lord? Do I have time with him? Is his Holy Spirit working through me in such a way that it's not by might nor by power, but by his spirit so that I don't have to do, I just am? Remember, Jesus says, I am. And so I said, Lord, I don't want to be, I don't want to do anymore. I just want to know you. And that changed a lot of my ministry. It's changing me day by day. And I noticed that I can walk by people now and they stop me on the street saying, are you a believer? Mm. And like the other day, I walked into a store and this guy stopped me and said, are you a believer? And the thing is, the guy turns out to be the biggest mafia boss in all of Norway, the mafia boss. And he came to our God TV meeting. I said, would you come and grant us your presence at the meetings? And he came Mm. because of the presence of the Lord. Mm-hmm. I'll walk into a coffee shop and people will start crying because the Holy Spirit just comes. Mm-hmm. See, I'm just getting to that place. Now I'm getting older, so I don't really have the ambitions anymore. But the ambassador from Mark to Africa had a meeting with me two days ago. And she said, Eddie, what do you want to be best at? And I said, I know what I need to be best at. And I don't want to be best at anything else but this. And that's to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. That's all I want to be good at. Because if I can do that, everything's covered. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. So, yes. So true. And you've been able to experience it and see it firsthand over these last 20 years as you've been traveling and speaking and teaching and singing. And I think it's it's really important for us to stop down for a moment and really understand what you're saying, because we're pretty good doers. And understanding what it means to be in the Lord is a whole different deal. So can you give our listeners something that maybe they can Practical tips. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> That's what people yeah, want. Give them one, to, two, three. Yeah, I know, but not the big checklist, but yeah. what do we do to be? To not do. At being? <laughs> it's really very simple, isn't it? It's like when you work out, you make time to work out, right? And the Bible says, train yourself. Train yourself. If you just think about that, train yourself. You start with small baby steps, but you... It's not like a natural thing to just sit down and open your Bible. You have to train yourself to open your Bible. You have to train yourself to speak to the Lord because that's what it requires. So I would say, number one, get a cup of coffee, sit down first or thing tea. in the morning or tea, <laughs> green tea or whatever healthy I'm drink you have. 
bone broth is good. And, then, <laughs> and just, just, just take five minutes, four minutes, and begin to read in the word and then pray the word over yourself because the word does not return void. And that's been my routine for many years now, but more so now than ever, where I just get up, I get in the word, and everything else is just done. I can't explain it. It just gets done. And I sometimes I don't even lift a finger. It's just I just go out and it happens. The things that I think about, the things that people spend hours trying to make happen, the Lord just does it because he says, seek first my kingdom and everything else shall be added. Oh, that's freedom. Yeah. You're being very faithful and obedient, and that's what he wants us to be. As we begin to wrap up our interview here, we have just enjoyed every moment of this interview. Thank you. But you have written songs and sermons and books and created DVDs called Fearless Living. And your most recent book is Jesus, How Full of Grace Are You? You are? Yeah. Is that How correct? Grace you? Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Yeah. And so what are you hoping to accomplish in the next three to five years? How about that? In your ministry and why? Because I know it's not about you accomplishing, it's God in you. But tell me a little bit about that. I have a dream and I have several dreams, but I read the Bible every day now and I started sharing it with my friends as well. A little podcast called Life Audio Bible. It actually went top 25% most shared podcast just a week ago Fantastic. on Spotify. So that's good from this little desk. Tune in everybody. Yes. Yeah. And so I just want to share the word little by little, not big pieces, just a little word every day of chapter a day or something. So I want to see that grow because 97% of the church hasn't read the whole Bible. They don't know what they believe in. We need to have a foundational faith back to basics. We need to get back to basics. What is it all about? Why do I believe? Who do I believe in? And that's one of my dreams to get that out. Second is I'm working with God TV as the Nordic right now. And I'm trying to get a Nordic channel up and going. So if anyone's in Minnesota and you love Norway, Sweden, Denmark, and Finland and Iceland, please come and help us and support God TV Nordic because we're we going to try to reach to into go. the hearts of many millions of people with great programming from around the world and then mix it with some Nordic programming as well. So that's my second goal. But my first and foremost thing is just to grow in the Lord. I just want to get, man, I have so much to work on with myself. I just want to get better and say, Lord, strip me off myself and let there be nothing but you left. Because that's really what I want. And that's a big job in itself, I believe. So I'm going to work on that for the next few years. That's you it. are such an inspiration, yeah, yeah. Edward John, truly. Yeah. You're so humble. You're so just raw and authentic. And just thank you for sharing with us. And so people can find out about you by going to your website. And that is? EdwardJohn.org. EdwardJohn.org. John. You're going to listen. You're going to love his music. Oh, too, man. Because Amazing. you write such great lyrics and you, you feel us through them and yeah. really love the way you do that. So I want to encourage people to pick up your music as well. Yeah. Thank you. We will continue to pray for you and your ministry. Yeah. We appreciate your time and thanks for blessing our audience. Yeah, thanks for sharing. Thank you, guys. And make sure you make it over to Scandinavia. Okay? Absolutely. We will. We and bring your will. audience with yeah, you. Yeah, sure. You betcha. We will. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Take care. Thanks. Love you guys. Thank Love you. you. Bye-bye. So glad you could join us today. And you'll find a new episode every Tuesday on your favorite podcast platform. 
And if you've been encouraged by listening or viewing, would you just take a moment and give us a five-star rating and a quick review? That'd be so awesome. Yeah, and also please share this with your friends and loved ones. If you have comments or questions, or if you're looking for an advertising opportunity, please get in touch with us at yourbiggestbreakthrough.com. Or if you'd like to optimize your health and wellness, you can work directly with Wendy. Go to wendypet.com. Or if you're a guy and you're interested in mentoring and coaching, go to toddisburner.com. We look forward to having you join us on our next episode of Your Biggest Breakthrough.